through Jesus Christ. God, we thank you, God, that how you have allowed us to come together once again. We thank you that you're in the midst of us. We thank you for our teacher and our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have an announcement. Um, Please keep this in mind. Um, Someone um, very close to Jamie, um, part of his family, a man that has been with him through his teenage years, and he's passed. His name is David Nelson Edwards. Um, Graveside Services is Monday, October the 19th at 11 o'clock at Pinecrest Cemetery in Warsaw, North Carolina. So keep that in mind. Keep the um, family in prayer. Um, This is a very dear family member to um, Jamie Coston. So keep all them in prayer. Amen. And again, it's David Nelson Edwards. Graveside Services is Monday, October the 19th at 11 o'clock at Pinecrest Cemetery in Warsaw, North Carolina. So please keep that in mind. Amen and amen. We're going to get back to the word of God, what we have been teaching on. And the majority of what we've been teaching on is how God wanted um, Moses, the Israelites, Pharaoh, and everybody that they come in contact with to let them know that he is God. And this is why you saw all in the book of Exodus where he was saying, I am the Lord. And God took me back. And I began to look at this again, and I'm telling you everything that God does, he does it for a reason. If we don't know that he exists, if we don't know who he is for ourselves, how can we introduce him to others? If we don't spend that time with getting to know God for ourselves, we won't be able to introduce him or allow him to manifest through us where people will know that he is the one and true living God, the only one and true and living God. And this is what God wanted Moses to know. There's so many people out there that, you know, want to teach, want to preach, want to tell somebody something, want to operate in the gifts of the spirit. But the Bible says that The gifts um, come in operation in our lives as the spirit wills. And God know where we are in him. And he's the one that allowed the gifts to come forth to make himself known. But if we don't spend time with God and know who God really is and get to know him as our one and true living God, then if a gift is in operation in our lives, we won't be able to know when that gift is in operation. Because sometimes we can be ignorant of the things of God, but God wants us to get to know him in such a way that as we're talking or whatever we're doing, we're about his business and not our own. And this is what was happening with Moses. We went back even to Abraham. And I want to start right here because the Lord showed me something else. And we've been over this, but I'm going to go back a little bit. Go to Exodus, the sixth chapter. Exodus, the sixth chapter. And this is the Lord speaking to Moses. Then the Lord said unto Moses, now shall thou see what I would do to Pharaoh. So God is telling Moses, he's going to see what he's going to do to Pharaoh. If you back further up to chapter five, we see how 
um, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, but Pharaoh said, I don't know your God. He said in verse two, and Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So Pharaoh didn't know the Lord. He didn't know Jehovah. He didn't know the one and true and only self-existing God, which is Jehovah. When you see Lord in the Bible in all caps, that represent Jehovah. The reason why sometimes they didn't spell out Jehovah because that name was so holy that they were afraid even to speak of that name. Isn't that something? So they put it in there as Lord in all caps. When you see it being translated, it's because they referenced that name, reverenced that name so much that they didn't show it like it should have been shown. So sometimes you will see it as Adonai too. So they did that because they honored that name so much. They had so much respect for that name. So when we see here, Pharaoh say, I know not the Lord. He didn't know him. He knew his gods, but he didn't know about Jehovah, the self-existing God. So what he did, he made them have more work. Because they were stopping the the work that he had for them talking about Jehovah, talking about letting the people go. So I'm going to start here too because sometimes we say we really know God, but we only know about God. Because when things come up in our lives, we're pulling away from the one we say that we know. We have to understand that when you're about your father's business, when you trust in him, when you really know him, stuff is going to come in your life. It's going to come from your husband, your children, your wife, it's your family, your job. Something is going to pop up to make you feel as if there is no God or to make you feel as if God is not doing what he said. Anytime we go back on what God is saying, we look at him as not existing. We look at him as being a liar. When God tell us what he's going to do, and things pop up in front of what he's saying he's going to do, and it don't look like, you know, things are going based upon what God has said, that takes us away from looking at him for who he really is, and the enemy knows that. And the reason why I went back there is because these people were so upset with Moses. They were so upset with Moses. They didn't want to hear anything that Moses had to say. Moses thought, when I go into Pharaoh, just like you said, God, when I go into him and I tell him what you said, he's going to obey immediately. But that didn't happen. So how do y'all think Moses felt? God showed Moses all of these signs. God told Moses what was going to happen to Pharaoh. So when he's going in here before Pharaoh and Pharaoh say, I know not the Lord, that's a setback for Moses. So God had to speak to Moses again. When we look at the end of chapter 5, it says in verse 20, well, let me go a little further down. Verse 22, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore has thou so even treated these people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he have done evil to this people. Neither has thou delivered the people at all. So look at what was happening to Moses. Moses felt like what God said, God didn't do. Moses was the leader. Leaders go through too. God will tell leaders things and we trust in God in what he's telling us. But then when the people is cutting up, 
When the people is coming against the leader, guess what the leader does? The leader go back to the one that told them this is what's going to happen. And that's what we're supposed to do as leaders. You're going to have people up under you cutting up. You're going to have people coming against what you're doing. But when you know what God is, is saying, you go back to the one that gave you the promise. This is how you develop in your relationship with God. Moses could immediately say, you know, forget this. What you said didn't happen. I'm not doing anything. But what Moses did do, God began to speak to him. And he said, now shall thou see. God knew that Moses was having some doubts. So God said, now thou shalt see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this land. And this is what God said again. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. That phrase is throughout the Bible talking about him in the Old Testament. I am the Lord. And what he's saying is, I am, I exist. I am. That's what I am mean to be or to become, to exist. He said, I am. He said, I am, I exist. The Lord, Jehovah, the self-existing God. He said, nobody didn't create me. My dependency is not on anybody. It is on me alone. I was here before anything was here. Even before you were here. This is how God was talking to Moses, reminding him, I am the Lord. And then in verse 3, he said, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. So look at this. There's Abraham, there's Isaac, and there's Jacob. When you go back and look at Abraham, God always said, I'm God Almighty. That means I'm El Shaddai. I'm all-powerful. I'm all-sufficient. So God was saying, I'm all-powerful over everything. I created everything. I'm all-sufficient. You know, I have everything that you need. So God was letting him know, I'm the one that give you provision. I'm the one that created you. That He was known as God Almighty. That's who they called on, God Almighty. That was their relationship with him as El Shaddai. Okay, and then he went on with Abraham. Remember, he let him know that he was Jehovah Jireh. I will provide. So God was making himself known, but to all three of them, it was El Shaddai. Now God is saying, I'm going a little bit further with the Israelites. He said, they knew me as El Shaddai, but you're going to know me as I am that I am. I exist. I'm the self-existing God. There's no other God before me. See, God had to tell them. Don't look to no other gods but me because I'm the only God that exists. So that's why he stuck with Jehovah. He added Jehovah in there to say it's no other God but me. These gods that they're bringing out, that's not who I am. I'm the one and true living God. So he said, I'm making myself known to them as the one and true and living God. So if we grab hold to that, and remember that he is the true and living God. He, he exists alone. Nobody created him. He created us. He created everything. If we get to know him for who he is, when situations come up in our lives, we shouldn't have a problem. That's why I keep teaching on how well do you know him? How well do you know God? Because the more you get to know him,
I'm telling you, every situation in your life get better and better because you know who he is. And when you go through a situation, God reveal himself, himself for who he need to reveal himself as in that situation. I know some of y'all have known him as Jehovah Jireh. I know some of y'all have known him as Jehovah Rapha. I know some of y'all have known him and still know him. I know I'm, I'm going to say have known him. I has known him because we forget. We forget when we get in other situations, we forget. Do you remember Jehovah Rapha? He was the God who healed you. So why don't you understand that he can become Jehovah Jireh? He can be a provider. God have redemptive names that he want us to get to know him by because in life, things are going to pop up where we need that healing, where we need deliverance and everything we need is in his name. So that's why he wanted them to get to know him. But then when I looked a little bit further, he was letting Moses know, I am the Lord. What was he doing? He was building Moses up because Moses is the one that had to stand before the people. And Moses was a prophet. He was the mouthpiece of God. But now we don't need a prophet to help us to hear from God. We can hear from him ourselves, but Moses had to be the one to get a word from the Lord and bring it unto the people. Now you don't have to wait on me or nobody else to give you a word from the Lord. Because when Jesus came and Jesus broke down that wall that was between us, we can go to the throne boldly now because of the blood of Jesus in our time of need, in the time of mercy. We don't have to call up a prophet and say, hey. See what God got to say concerning me. That's just like calling up a psychic. Because you're depending on that person to hear on your behalf from God. And we don't have to do that no more. But in this case, we know that Jesus had not yet come. He was spoken about. So God had to use men. He had to use women to bring forth the word unto the people. But they couldn't bring forth the word if they didn't know him. They had to develop their relationship with him and get to know him by these redemptive names so they can manifest him unto the people. So we see here that he had to let Moses know over and over again, I am the Lord. He had to let him know, Moses, I am the Lord. Yes, they're going through, but I am the Lord. I'm Jehovah. I'm the self-existing God. There's no other God before me. Who is Pharaoh? That's what he's saying. I am the Lord, Moses. I am the Lord. So he began to go back in again and tell Moses the same thing. What did God not do? Change his mind. Man will change his mind, but God is not going to change his mind. Whatever he said 10,000 years ago, he's saying it today. Whatever he said yesterday, he's saying it again tonight. Why? Because he wants us to be reminded that I am the Lord. I, I exist. I don't, my dependency is not on anyone, but on myself. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the first and I am the last and I'm God almighty. Isn't that something? He put it all in there together. Why? Because he's reminding us. So when we get in situations 
The more time we spend with him, he's going to reveal himself to us in one of his names. And we're going to know, well, God, I thank you. You in the midst of this situation, even though it don't look like it's going right. You all knowing God, you all powerful. You El Shaddai, you the one and true and living God. You exist. So I'm going to trust you in this, God, even though it looked like everything is tore all up. God, you have a plan. And God, what he does, he let man in the natural think it ain't going to work. But God knows it's already worked out. But he takes us through that so we can get to know him more and more by who he is. Let's look at chapter 6 again. And I want you to turn over to um, chapter 6, verse 6. Now listen at what God is saying here. He said... Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel. This is one thing that people, some people forget. You have to say. You have to say. You have to open your mouth. That's how the world was created, by words that were spoken. You have to say. What am I saying? There's no way none of us in this room, when you go up to someone, if I go up to Julia and I'm just doing this, and she say, Pastor, what you looking at me like that for now? You ain't going to say nothing apostle. What is she getting out of that? Nothing. I have to say something. Remember, faith comes by. Hearing comes by the word of God. How does people get our attention? Through gossip. You can get anybody attention with some gossip now. Some good old gossip. But when you get very mature in the Lord, you'll be like, wait a minute. I don't care to hear that. Y'all know how it is. If somebody got something on somebody else, you act like you don't want to hear it. You telling them, well, you know what? We need to just pray about it. But you waiting to hear some more. Because you want to hear. And and God told me this a long time ago. When, you know how sometimes we'll be nosy. All of us nosy, including me. We get nosy. You go by somebody's house and the lights are on. Thank God they're not naked. But their lights is on. They don't have no curtains. They don't have no blinds. So when you pass by there, you like this right here. What in the world is they doing in that house? You get so nosy and come up with your own conclusion. And then you sit there and talk about it with one another. And you done drummed up something that's not even going on in their house. It's something that you believe to be true. And the more you talk about it, the more true it becomes. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. Guess when you're um, looked at as a fool, when they began to talk to you and you having a random conversation and you done put them all out there and they told you what was going on that night and it wasn't even what you said. So it's all in Kansas now. That wasn't true about that person. Come on. All of us have done it. We come up with our own way of thinking, our own way of doing. But when we take the time out with God and know him, God will tell us. This is what he told me one day. He said, how is that going to help you to know? I said, dad, God, you didn't have to say it like that. (laughs) How is that helping you to know what's going on in their house? Did I tell you to go in their house (laughs) to do something? No. Well, why are you all up in their house? So ask yourself when you're in my business, Or someone else's business. How is this helping me? And I guarantee you, you'll back off somebody else's business. 
So I learned through listening to him through the Holy Spirit when to stay in my lane. Because it's like this, if you ain't going to help them, why are you sitting there listening to them? Because you want to be nosy. If I haven't given you a solution to that, why are you listening? Because the enemy want to take our mind off of who he is. He want to take our mind off of what God has said to us. That He know that the word brings life. He wants to bring death. So Pharaoh wanted to bring death to God's people. So what did he do? He increased the work even more and more. But when Moses began to go to God, God began to encourage Moses. He began to tell Moses, I am the Lord. But he began to say more here in verse 6. He said, wherefore, say unto the children of Israel. He had to speak unto them again. Who want to go back to these people after what has happened? This is what he's saying again. Here it is again. I am the Lord. That's the first thing he told him to tell him. I am. I exist. I'm Jehovah, the one and true and living God. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. How many times did God say that? He's reminding them again. Don't forget, I'm the Lord. I will bring you out. Y'all look at those eyes. I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I would rid you out of their bondage. Who's going to do this? God. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. Look at God. It's all, it's all resting on who? It's all resting on who? It's all resting on who? But who did God need to carry it out? Who? Moses. Because if he have nobody to carry it out, it ain't getting carried out. Did you, Let me read it again so y'all understand what he's saying. I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a scratched out arm and with great judgments. And look at it, what he's saying. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you... A God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. You see what God is saying? I'm going to be the one to bring you out. I just need for you to follow my commands. I just need for you to hear what I'm saying and obey what I'm saying because I'm telling you you're coming out. Have y'all spent time with God where God is telling you something and even in the midst of it, it don't look like it's really happening. But God come back in and he tell you again. Remember I told you, it seemed like at work it got harder and harder. And he kept saying, be not weary. And well doing. And due season you reap if you faint not. It seemed like it got worse. So I got tired of hearing that. I said, give me another one. But he was telling me what was yet to come. He didn't tell me when it was going to come, y'all. He just kept telling me, be not weary. Be not weary and well-doing. Be not weary and well... See, we forget the well-doing. Be not weary. Everything he does is well. So we have to trust him in what we're going through. And if we're trusting him, we're not weary even when they're trying to throw something at us. We're not being weary in in the well-doing because we're doing what God is requiring us to do. God told him that he was going to bring them out. This is just how good God is. He didn't only say, I'm going to bring you out. He told them where he's taking them. And I will take to you, well, an eight, and I will bring you in unto the land concerning that which I did swear 
to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for heritage. I am the Lord. They go, I am the Lord again. God is reassuring them. I'm not going to only bring you out of bondage. I'm not going to only bring you out from amongst Pharaoh. You know, but see, he said, I'm going to show myself even unto them through the judgments that I'm going to bring unto them so they'll know that I am the Lord. So if we look at the word of God for what it's really saying to us, what we have to do is trust him. He's the one that's going to bring us out, but he needs our participation. He needs us to cooperate with him and not us trying to drum up another plan if it don't work. If he tell you he's going to do a thing, guess what? We're supposed to wait on him. We're supposed to trust him. We don't supposed to get in no hurry because God let me know this. He said, I don't change. He said, I don't change. If I told you I'm going to do it, it's already done. You can count on that it's already done. It may not get done when you want it to. He said, because in the process of getting it done, I'm developing you. I'm molding you the way that you need to be molded. He said, what I'm doing, I'm crucifying that flesh. I'm letting you know what's in you that need to come out of you that's blocking me from moving forward through you. So we have to understand God is doing a work in us and it's a good work and it's going to be a finished work, a complete work, even until the day of Jesus Christ. So whatever you're going through, you need to be rejoicing in what you're going through. I don't like what I'm, and this is a problem. We can talk to God. God, I don't like what I'm going through, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because you said in everything, give you thanks because this is the will of God concerning me. God, though I'm going through in my body, God, I'm going to rejoice because by his stripes, you said I was already healed. So I'm going to rejoice because you still the Lord. You change not, God. Even though my bills look like it's a mountain of debts, I'm going to rejoice, God, and be glad in it because you said, God, you are my provider. You said you will make the way for me. God, you already got a way of escape through this debt. And y'all, as I'm saying debt, what I see is a room full of nothing but debt. And people are trying to swim through it. And you having a hard time swimming through it Because you're doing it on your own. But when you depend on him, you can walk through the debt just like the Red Sea. And it depart on both sides. And you're walking on dry land even though the debt is there. You can walk through it because you know who's already taking care of that debt. That debt is not going to come in and drown you like it did the Egyptians. Because God took and departed it. And when God departed, he sends it where he want to send it. He do with it what he want to do with it. So God is saying, know that I am the Lord. Can you trust me? Can you depend on me enough to know who I am? And I really, y'all, truly believe, all of us in this room, sometimes we have a hard problem sometimes, truly believing who God really is. Because some of us are still saying, show me, God. God, if that's really you, prove it to me. But when you come in such a relationship with him, he don't have to prove nothing. Because you already know that he is who he say he is. And if he never do another thing, it don't change who he is. So who are we going to depend on? 
Who are we going to trust in times like these? Do you know with us being in this building, outside of what's being said, we have to be dependent on God. But I'm going to tell you where it begins at with that dependency. If you don't have leaders that know him, then the body of Christ that do know him would begin to doubt him because the leaders are backing off him. You don't have to try to make nobody do nothing. When you know whom you are following, that's why Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. And Paul was showing that he follows Christ because he knew who was the head of his life and he was not going to go outside of what God was telling him to do. So if I'm hearing God and God is saying, open up the church and I open up the church, whomever believe the God that's in me will follow what's being said and know that God is taking care of you. So you have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. People that are fearing is the ones that are not truly trusting God. It's because they're not in the place they need to be with God. So they have to get to that place. So do we look at them one-sided? No. Because everybody in this building have a place that they're not with God in. Everybody do. Some people may be okay when it comes to healing, but they're not okay when it comes to finances. Some people may be okay when it comes to finances, but they're not okay when it comes to healing. So it's areas in your life that you haven't conquered yet, that you have not overcome. Why? Because you fully don't know him. When you fully know him, you are well-rounded in every area. You're not slacking in this area, that area. You say, I trust you, God. Why? Because you're the one and true only living God. I'm not putting no man before you because if you said it, you have to honor what you said. I don't have to make you do it because it's already written. It's already written and you're not going to erase it. It's done. So God is saying tonight, how well do you know him for who he is? So I'm going to stop there. And is there anybody else I saw last Tuesday, I only had one person to get up. I was watching. Did I miss it? Was it somebody else that the camera didn't show that got up and said something about knowing God? I only saw one person. Y'all, did I miss it? I don't think I missed it. This is what I say. If we can't in here, where we coming in here to be taught to stand before people to let them know how well you have gotten to know God. Everybody in this room have something that has happened in their lives that you have gotten to know him. Anybody? I know y'all heard a story before about how I left my job years ago. Um, how I got to know God because back then, you know, I enjoyed what I did at work, but it got to the point where I was dreading to go to work and I was looking towards the ministry more than it was my job. And I kept saying, Lord, you know, when should I come off my job? And at the time, 
she already came off her job. And I will see, that's a big step to take. So I will ask her what the God tell her. And she will say, you know, you got to hear God for yourself. And, you know, and I realized later on, if I had quit my job, what she told me, it wouldn't have worked because I wouldn't have faith in myself in God. So I had to trust in myself. So it, I struggled with that for about seven months about my job. What should I do? Because that's a big step to take with benefits and all that. And I was providing for the family. But as I got to know God, I had got so much peace in the situation. I didn't have any doubt. And and when it came to the time, I was um, I kept first I kept wanting confirmation after confirmation. I kept getting it. One night I got home from Bible study and I turned the TV in, and this guy was on there. He worked for this company. He said that um, he wanted to leave his job to go into full time ministry. And he said faith. Like jumping off a cliff, then receiving your wings. And I said that, that hit me right there, and I had so much peace. So I went to work, and I told my supervisor that it's time for me to leave. And I had—I mean, I had no fear, nothing in it. I knew it was God talking to me, and He, and my supervisor, was a Christian guy, the lady in human resource, she was a Christian, and she was crying, didn't want me to leave. But I said, "What I'll do? I stay here long enough for you to fill my position. I'll do that." But, you know, filling position, you got to, you know, interview people and all this, and they go through all that stuff. And I stayed about a month or so, and they never posted my position. I'm like, damn, what, what are they procrastinating for? You know, I'm ready to go. So I know once they post, it's going to be another month or so for the fill it. So I got to the point, I just told my suit, I said, I got to go. I can't wait. I was excited. And um, at the time, I was working 14-hour days, and I was on call that week. And plus, that's another thing, I was on call that week, going out all the time. So I was off that Friday and that Monday, but I was still on call. So I came in, I think that Friday, I told my supervisor, I said, this is it. So my whole call this weekend, Monday morning, I'm bringing the truck back and I'm bringing my equipment back. And I tell the guys I'm gone. So he went and told his boss, man, and I was leaving, but he got upset because I was leaving, but I waited as long as I could. So I came in that Monday morning, Tuesday morning, went to the guy, said, I told him about I was leaving. I loaded my tools up and I left. And I felt such a Burden lifted off my back when I left, and I have I haven't looked back since. And I had some peace. I knew it was God, and I realized I had no God for myself because if I left on um, what she said, it wouldn't work. God, you know, go on her faith. But I learned through that, you know, that you know, knowing Him, you really got to know Him to, to make a decision like that. And I, like I said, I don't regret. I miss the guys. But I don't regret leaving. I don't make what I made back then. But it don't bother me. I don't have the benefits. It don't bother me. I thank God for where he has me at today. And we still walk in my faith and not by sight. And I want to say this. Um, when he left, before he left that job, y'all, Four County could call him and he out. Four County was a God to him. I don't care how the storms was blowing and the trees looked like they were coming down. He left. And, you know, he had some opportunity where to say, you know, no, give it to somebody else. But he would take call for other people. And I knew at that time, that's who your God is. So when he really got to know God, y'all, he didn't want to go to work. And that's when I knew. You have come to know a God that ain't for county. This is what I'm saying. And he had so much peace with leaving a place that he once loved and talked about more than anything else. So, yes, 
that's knowing God. Tyson. And remember, he left in peace. God is a God of peace. He's not going to allow nobody to leave nowhere and stuff is in turmoil. That's not how God works. How I come to uh, to know God is is um, <clears throat> my wife and I uh, we got four kids and and it was our desire to give them opportunity um, because when I was a kid I got drafted by the Dodgers a lot of people don't know and my mother uh, she was a single parent and. When that time came, uh, only thing I had to do was go. But she said, you're not going from here. Because everybody, nobody never been to Florida. Nobody never been. This this wasn't yesterday. This was some 30 years ago almost. And when that time come, as I, as a kid, I sat down. And I, I remember me driving down the road by myself and just stopping. And... I didn't know God like I do now, and I just knew of him. But I, I, as I cried off by myself, I prayed to God. I said, God, if I ever have a kid from, from a woman, I'm going to stay with them. I'm going to be with them. I'm not going to raise them the best way I know how. I'm going to give it all I got because I don't want a kid to grow up without a father like I did, you know. And, you know, I, it hurt it. And so, to make a long story short, as my kids start growing up around here in Burgoff, uh, they was playing baseball. Um, everybody knows me. They know we, a big, our family's baseball oriented. Um, they was playing baseball over here at the park in Burgoff. And so, my kid, he was exceptional. He got, he got opportunity out of Raleigh. Teams want him to come to play for the state. And he kept getting opportunities through school. My daughter got opportunities. And they was in the papers. They was all over. And so what happened was, um, as they they decided to go to Raleigh and stuff, my wife and I didn't have the funds to be taking them every week to Raleigh. Man, these kids went, my kids went, our kids went all over the, the state, uh, different states. But to make a long story short, I said, God, if this is your will, you will provide for them. My wife used to get on the computer, and she would she would prepare rooms for us. I used to go to work in the middle of the night on Friday nights and Thursday nights. Uh, I'd be tired. I drove trucks, and I was tired. And I used to get right in the car with with. The either of the kid that at that at that present time that had tournaments, they could be going, they could be going to other states, Virginia, everywhere. I used to get in the car in the middle of the night and drive them up there because they got tournaments in the morning. But when I got there, all of the parents that was there, they was retired doctors. I ran into stockbrokers from New York. These these are the 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 the. the Kids that was going to college, the best kids in the world that we was running into. And sometimes I sit in there and I seen the time when I ain't have nailed down. 
And my wife and I, we, 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 we put off everything to, 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 to invest and, 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 and try to make sure our kids have, because I didn't want my kid to grow up and my wife and I, we wanted them to have opportunity. And to make a long story short, I said, God, if it's you, and we did, we said, you, you'll provide. And we used to go out there, I'm going to tell y'all something. If you read Second Samuel, Second Samuel 9, Mr. Chef, he was dropped as a kid, and make a long story short, he, 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 was, a, he was down into a land where nobody was at, but when David came, he, he, he told Mr. Shep that he was going to give him, you know, the, uh, the, the, he was going to get the, the, the house of, of David, you know. Um, and when he put him to the table, God told him, you know, David told him that when, when I sent you to the table, I was going to, uh, you would be able to eat from the table from this day forward. And, and when we was there, these people, they would buy bats. They would take care of my kids. They would, they would bring them food. Sometimes we went to tournaments and come back home. And I can drive on 95 coming back. Y'all, this is why I know it's God. I can drive 95, didn't have nailed down for gas. And when I get to the yard, I'm going to tell you, my needle was behind E. I mean, time after time. But, but I'm going to tell y'all right now, he never failed. Some of the kids had bats that so was $500, and they couldn't hit the ball out the infield. And my kid would go grab the bat and knock it in the top of pine trees over the fence. And, he was, and they was like, Dad, he's using my bat. And, and, and I told my son, I said, that's your bat. God give you that bat. He, he's prepared, he's That's prepared right. you. That's I right. said, I said, God give you the bat. That's right. And over and over again, I'm going to tell you family, God provided. Thank and these you. kids, you know, my kids got to grow, go to college. They got scholarships. They went to college. They played and they was able to, to use the ball and, 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 and not let the ball use them Amen. at the end. And God provided. My wife is a witness right now today. Every one of our kids had opportunity, but it wasn't based on money. It, it, it was faith that we had. And my wife and I, that's why I love her so much because um, even she shared nothing with me. She shared nothing with me. And, and every one of our kids right now, they, they, they don't have to have all of this shiny stuff. They, they're, they're humble. And I thank God for that because... You know, he just shows that that if you will trust him, and, and and just like he told Elijah, be not afraid. Just like Pastor said, be not afraid. Come down off the mountain. Be not afraid and go tell him, you know. And so today I'm going to tell you three kids went through. And right now today, if I had to tell you and my wife had to tell you, it's God all over it. And he gets the glory right now Amen. today. Amen. Amen. So Tyson, y'all got to know him as Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Amen. A God who provides. And I believe, see, sometimes we hold back because of fear in this place. But everybody in here has something to talk about on how God brought you through. It's something that has happened in your life that somebody is listening that they can say, oh man, if God done that for them, God, I know you can do it for me. 
through even the um, the illustrations last Tuesday with Sister Denise, people were calling, oh, that was me, that was me, that was me. It's giving people hope, y'all. Don't sit down because you feel ashamed or because you feel like nobody want to hear what I have to say. I ain't been through what everybody else been through, but you've been through something. May not be the same way everybody else has been through it, but you've been through something. But I can tell y'all this. A leader that God has chosen to be over his people, they're going to know every name he is. They're going to know every name he is. Before I became a pastor, y'all don't even know half the story that, y'all don't know half of it. But God carried me through his names. I had to learn him for myself. That's why I don't like to shortcut God. If I feel like I need to tell you something that God is saying, I'm going to tell you for your good. It may hurt, but we tell people for their good. Even though they get mad, we present God to them when we present his word. God is his word, y'all. God is love. That's what God does. He loves you enough to give you truth. Because when you know the truth, know the truth. That's what sets you free. Half of the church is not set free because they don't know truth. Come on, Jennifer. I have too much to tell. That's why I stand up here. But one thing I can say that I grew up in a Christian home. And I, you think we know God, but I didn't know God. I knew about him and I knew he was good, but I didn't know the extent of you know when you hear the, the expression, too good to be true? That's God. But he is true, and he's truth. And that's what's so awesome. And that's why the more, it's like a snowball effect. The more we seem like we're learning so much more now, and it's, I can, the, the words won't even come. But I look back at some of the things that we went through, and she went through, and I went through, and... um I think, God, what if the the peace now, I look back and say, God, if I'd have known what I know now, I would have peace in the waiting. Instead of like they were talking about the Israelites and, and how I was, I was angst about it. She was angst about, well, when they going, when they going to get theirs, God, God, we, you know, you want to see, see them brought down or you want, you know, God to, to fix it for you or uh, get the revenge for you. But by the time he gets, he got me straight. I wasn't looking for that. And it didn't matter. What I wanted was fix me, God, so that I'm not hurting. And I learned about it, God's not going to snap you up out of the situation. He's going to teach you to walk through it. I didn't Amen. want that. Who wants that? I want that ring, you know, the magic. Bring out the quick fix stick. But God showed me... A, I remember in the early, you know, the early thing when we were started out and it was like, you know how you see on these um, shows where they, uh, on the tropical islands and they have the, the uh, thing with the fire or the coals, the hot coals, and they're going to walk through the hot coals. And it was like, I could see that I was, it was hot coals and I knew I had to walk to the other side and I didn't want to, but I knew God was going to walk me to the other side. And as we were walking, it seemed hard, 
but not like I thought it was going to be. The hard part was letting go and relaxing and, and trusting in him. And she kept saying, God kept giving her, God's funny, y'all, I'm telling you. God kept saying, it's in your hands. And I'm like, she keeps saying that to me. And all I could think of was Moses, like the staff was in his hands. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. She's like, how many more? She just kept saying it because that's all God gave her. And one day, the light went on, and it was like, not it's in your hands, but it's in your hands like you got to let go of it Mm -hmm. and give it to me. It's like, oh, my God. Same words. The words didn't change, but the meaning was totally changed. And one day, the scripture, I had done everything I knew to do to fix my situation within my power. Because that's what we're taught. We're taught, you, you know, you fix things. That's what you do. And the scripture, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I can remember standing on that porch, and she gave that to me. And it was like a real, it was like the weight just came off of me. And I realized it wasn't my fight. It wasn't for me to fix. And I let go of it. And man, that was an awesome feeling. And so what I would say to my old self, if I could look back, I would say, find out how good God really is. Find out what he really did for us what he's already done for us, what belongs to us, and then have peace in knowing we can brag about him. That's my daddy. That's my brother. Let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you what he's going to do for me. The peace about that. Then that's when you can rest because you're not anxious about it because you know you can't fix it. I can mess it up. God, no, I can mess it up real good. And I'll be like, okay, God, I've done my part and I tore it up. She told me one time, she said, you need to be one of the people that test things because you can tear up something. And I said, well, God, it's my job to get into trouble and tear it up, and your job is to get me out of it. And let me tell you something. He's so faithful. He really is. God is awesome. No matter how bad I've messed it up, God has been faithful to me. So just the peace of God is what I appreciate now. Amen. One of just one of the gifts, but that's the, the present of the present. I'm gonna close it out tonight, but I want to say this God shared this with me, and I believe it's for somebody. God said, You communicate with me so you can communicate with others. The more you communicate with me, the more you're gonna know how to communicate with others. Get it? We never have a problem with somebody and we can't communicate God to them so we can get through that problem. Anytime you close your mouth to a situation, you're not communicating God. (laughs) So God say, as you communicate with me, you'll be able to communicate with others. The more you commune with me, the more you'll be able to commune with others about me through your life. Isn't he good? All right, we're going to, Athea, you have something? I see that finger up. Okay, come on. Come on quickly. Be quick about it. Real quick. I don't know, it may not be quick. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting back there and I said, Lord, 
I know I got something to. And don't let me cry when I tell it. It's so much. And I understand what Apostle said about being well-rounded. And God had to show me that he was Jehovah Jireh because it was all about Othelia. Othelia had money in three different bank accounts. Othelia had two cars. Othelia had it going on. But when all of that left, because I was depending on what I had and what I had access to, and then when all of that was depleted, I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do now? And in so many situations when my back was against the wall, I'm like, where am I going to get my house payment from? You know, thank God your car paid off. But Lord, I got a light bill coming up. I got all these bills. I got more money. I got more bills than money. So Lord, what, what am I going to do? You know, I didn't sit there and be a fool and let people use me. You know, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? My back's against the wall. Then I'm, then I'm mad because at myself because of what I did or how I let people use me. And I'm like, Lord, if I had that back, I'd be straight. But God was showing me that he was Jehovah Jireh. And every time something came up, I, my lights were never off, never lost car insurance, never lost house insurance. It was always met. And I would look back and say, how in the world did I get through that? You know, and so I said, Lord, if you get me out of it, I won't go back in it. But it was just like when I used to drink. Lord, if you get me over this drunk, I won't get drunk next weekend. If you just help this room to stop spinning, I won't drink next weekend. But then when I slept that alcohol off, next weekend I was right back at it again. So guess what? I was right back in that same place because of foolish decisions with money. I was right back in that same place again. But what did God do? He stepped in. I got you. He stepped in. And it reminds me of 2 Kings 8. When the lady that, uh, what was it, Elijah? Elisha? Had raised the son. And Gehazi was telling the king about it. But he had, Elisha had told the lady, said, look, there's going to be a famine in the land. I want you to sojourn somewhere else. So she went and stayed somewhere for seven years. And when she came back, her land, I guess they had t- taken her land because she was gone. And but just so it wasn't just so happened, God had Gehazi talking to the king and saying, The lady that you that uh, Elisha restored life to her son is here, and she wanted her land back. And God, he the man uh, appointed certain officers and restored to that lady the seven years of what her land had produced. And I used to read that and I said, God, please do that for me because my back's against the wall again. I got all this stuff going on. Hurricane, tore my roof. Insurance people said, now, we gave you some money. A woman made me mad. <laughs> going to come out there, and I'm thinking I'm going to get a little bit of money, right? Now, they done paid me to repair the roof, and what did I do? I went, uh, what is it, Black Friday. And so she came out there again. She said, well, now, this is the same spot that the guy did when he was here the last time. I said, well, you know, I had it patched up. She said, well, what did you do with the money? And I looked at it. I said to myself, ain't none of your business what I done with. I spent it. If I had to spend the money, don't you think the roof would have been fixed? So she said, well, this is all we can give you. And this is the deductible, and this is all you can get. So I had my nephew and my brother to patch my roof. I even had this one lady say, she told me, she said, and I didn't even take offense. She said, I passed by your house, and I speak, Lord. Help her get her roof fixed. I didn't take offense because I said, thank you, somebody's speaking me a roof. 
I'm and I'm y'all, I'm serious. I said, Lord, I, and I, and I had a talk with my father, and I said, God, I don't have the money to get this roof fixed. I don't have it. I don't, and, and the people, FEMA ain't gonna help me. My house insurance people said they done gave it to me. They ain't giving me nothing else. So, you know, I did what I did with it. But how about when I had a talk with my father and I said, God, I belong to you. I am your responsibility. I messed it up. Yes, I did. But I belong to you and it's your responsibility to help me get my roof fixed. I'm not lying. My daddy came through and put a check in my hand. And just like that lady, I got a whole lot from way back when. And when you ride by Highway 50, a sister got a new roof on her house. <laughs> I'm serious. And I thank God for that. And, like, and I love Apostle when you're saying about not just in finance, because he showed me he's Jehovah Jireh, but also that he's Jehovah Rapha, that he'll be with you. So there's some areas in my life now that he's even showing me where my faith is a little weak. But he's building it up to let me know that I am who I said I am. I'll do what I said I'll do. No matter what it looked like, no matter what you're hearing in the natural, know that I am God and I will do what I said I will do. If I told you I'm going to bring them through... Trust and believe I'm going to bring them through no matter what it looked like, no matter how your flesh cut up or how you sometimes just want to holler, scream. What good is it going to do? I had to stay home. Holy Spirit told me yesterday, don't go to work tomorrow. I said, okay. So I had to get up early to be built back up. And I was built back up. And as when I got before him, it was like a weight. Because he said, cast all your cares upon me. You're carrying it and you can't. And I was carrying so much. But I'm trying to be strong in front of everybody else, putting on a brave face. And on the inside, I'm tore up. I'm serious. I, was, I come in here and I said, God, I'm standing in front of your people. Teaching them about rest. Teaching them about trusting you in every situation. But I'm tore up. I'm hurt. And sometimes I don't know which way to go. But I'm still trying to encourage others that it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. But God let me know, Ophelia, do you believe that it's going to be okay? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Because if you believe that I'm able to do this, let it alone. Let it go. And know that I am God and I got this. So I say, God, you got it. I take my hands off for real. And I give it to you. Because I know that you are God. And that you're able to do what you said you will do. So my belief and my trust and my dependence is on you and not on man. But he had to build me up. Where is your faith? Who is your faith in? Stop faking it. Stop faking it. Give it to me. And let me have it. And that's what I did. I gave it to him. You might see tears. But it's tears of rejoicing. Because I said Lord. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. I didn't have any joy y'all. If y'all really if you know me. I didn't. I'm around here faking it, but I didn't have no joy. My joy was gone. 
I would go home, go to work, and go to church. I wouldn't even spend time with my parents. But today I sat down, talked to my parents. You know, me and my mom here, and I, and I think I needed it, she needed it. And so I said, God, thank you for restoring to me the joy of my salvation. Thank you for joy. You know, and there's a difference between joy and happy. Happy is what's happening now. But joy is no matter what you're going through, you have the joy of the Lord, and it is your strength. So I thank God that I needed to get back in my place and get, in, get at his feet and be honest with him. Lord, help me. I can't do this by myself. I need your Holy Spirit to help me. I need your word to lead me and to guide me through this. And I thank God that he did just that. And I give him glory. So have faith in God. Trust in God that when you speak his word, it's going to come to pass. Because he said his word would not go out and come back to him void. But it's going to accomplish everything that he sent it out to do. And he's just building me up. He is. I said, Lord, you're doing something in me through this. You're showing me me. And he gave me the scripture. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. Was it small? And I said, Lord, you're my strength. Because in my weakness, you're made strong. And I just rejoice in the Lord. You know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord. And then again, I say rejoice. Not rejoicing for the situation, but rejoicing in the situation. Because I know the, va- the battle has already been won and the victory is already ours. Because the Bible says from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And I am taking this by force with the word of God. And I want to I wanna say this to, um, to Miss Athea. When we're going through, we hear, but we're not listening. Many of you have times in that office, and I'll look at her. What did God tell you, Thea? Let it go, and I'm watching you. Sometimes we don't listen. God is always speaking. He knows you better than you even know yourself. See, that's why you have to know your sheep. And you have to know what's going on around you with your sheep. And to let the sheep know, God ain't forgotten about you. God know what you're going through. Quit, you, you put on a smile, but God know your heart is aching. He's the only one that can mend your broken hearts. He's the only one that can bind up your wounds. We get so tied up in our problems and situations, we forget what he said. I am the Lord. Deacons, dismiss us.